All right, it's Monday. You know what time it is. FRPC football. And I am here with just all kinds of greatness. The Canadian Bomber, the Canadian Shaman, the Canadian Bill Simmons, and for this show, the Canadian Mike Tomlin, Nico Miatello. Monday, um, how is it treating you? Are you okay? What's going on? Yeah, I'm. I'm doing okay. I'm surviving. I'm. I'm never going to get used to that intro for sure. But I'm deaf. I'm. I'm doing okay. I'm disappointed. Is probably the vibe. The vibe of disappointment, and that can only mean that we have hit free agency frenzy. Yes, I sir. really. I really hate the title, by the way. It's so TV. We've hit the we've hit the uh, tampering, the legal tampering period in the NFL. Let's just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. But we got some news on some stuff since the last time we spoke. We got yeah. the Carolina Panthers, who now own the number one overall pick. They sure made that trade with Chicago. They mm-hmm. are. Trading away, obviously, the ninth pick. They are trading away their uh, 2024 first rounder and a 2025 second rounder. And uh, second rounder this year, too. This year, yeah. Yeah. And And DJ Moore. Mm -hmm. I want some more. I want some more. Uh, the the Browns are making it hard for me to be a Steelers fan this year, honestly. They're just acquiring all my favorite players. They almost make me want to jump ship. Not that You don't I, have to worry about the Browns, though. You can worry about the Bears, though. Oh, the, the, bear, the Bears is what I meant. The Bears is what I meant. I absolutely love that team, not the Browns. Um, J- Justin Fields, I've always had a lot of love for dj moore is one of my absolute favorite players i think he's arguably the most underrated receiver in the sport and with a little more consistent quarterback play which i'm hoping justin fields can provide i think he could be a really elite player and uh today there are additions of nate davis along the offensive line showing some level of commitment there to protecting the young guy justin fields and termaine edmonds um signing to a contract that was cheaper than the one Roquan Smith signed and they got the second round pick for Roquan Smith so all all in all this is a a great series of moves for the Bears creating a new exciting young core full of guys that I personally love and I'm interested to see how it works going forward. I was not in agreement with the Rokon Smith deal, but I understood it because they weren't going to be able to sign them. Mm-hmm. They were they were at an impasse, so I understand why. I just, when you have a talent like that in the building, I just think you should find a way to get that done. But That's with that fair. being said, with that being said, all the moves after, and mm-hmm. what has gone on, you cannot fault them at all. It's, no. 
it's sink or swim time for our guy, Fields. Right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Just, this is this is the year. I would think he, that they would continue to fortify the offensive line for him, either yeah, via through free agency or through the draft. Right. Hopefully that ninth pick is invested at tackle. That's, I will concur. Yeah, that's what I'd really like to see at this point. Um I I to to be clear, the Roquan Smith deal in a vacuum, I'm not I don't think it was necessarily good, but they replaced maybe 85 plus percent of Roquan Smith with also a player who's got a bigger body in Tremaine Edmonds today. And I think that'll help them in the run game where they have struggled. And this is going to be an entirely new defense for the most part after moving on from guys like Robert Quinn and Roquan himself last year. So I, I'm intrigued to see this new look defense that Ryan Poles is putting together. Indeed, their moves so far, like I said, haven't had a problem with any of it. And I also am a big proponent. If you make a mistake or you feel like you let one get away, that you mm-hmm. probably go ahead and like remedy that situation as quickly as possible. Don't hide from it to say, all right, yeah, we made a mistake. And now we're mm-hmm. going to fix it. There's no shame in that. I think the teams that know thyself more and do really well with the self-scout are usually the better teams, I would believe, personally. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think that's absolutely necessary in the team-building process. Uh, There's a few other teams making big moves today as well. I was just about to segue for you and say know thyself. So how about know thyself in the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, I I didn't love what went down today. Uh, I mean, absolutely no disrespect to Patrick Peterson. I love to see him on our team. Clearly, he's on the latter half of his career. That being said, he was still incredibly solid last year in Minnesota. That being said, as well, uh, Pat Pete is mostly his own corner at at times throughout or at this time in his career. And in man coverage, he can get beat often. And Steelers were experimenting with more man coverage last offseason. That that being said, I do love uh, just adding him to the team. How about Peterson playing safety? Any thoughts on on that situation? Because uh, he's he's big enough. He is, but I the Steelers have Minka Fitzpatrick currently playing that like roaming safety, and they use a guy like Terrell Edmonds, who's currently a free agent, but was last year's safety and has been the team safety for the last five, as more of like an in the box guy. And I'm not so sure that's a role Peterson would fit necessarily. Mm. Um, the the concerns I have with uh, the Steelers' moves today stem primarily from 
not only their now entire lack of a single slot corner on the roster outside of Arthur Millette, who uh, I don't want to see play very much, is the loss of Cam Sutton, who was an excellent cornerback for this team, who played every role, wore every hat. He could be an outside corner. He was a dime corner when he first started. It, it did some of his best work at nickel corner, has excellent ball skills, is a sure tackler, and was really a true leader in the locker room. You go through the social medias of Steelers on the team currently, and you almost can't find a single one where there isn't some post in appreciation of Cameron Sutton. And even ex-players are supporting him quite widely. He was an excellent player for us last year who really saved us from our lack of cornerback depth. And at this point, losing him, I think, is pretty tragic. I feel you, buddy, because we lost Jalen Ramsey. We were trading him. I knew it was coming. But uh, he is now a Miami Dolphin. And say what you want about the swag or his temperament, what he was for that team, how aggressive he was. Uh, Literally, he was the only guy on the Super Bowl team up until the playoffs who I thought played any with any physicality whatsoever. I remember I remember you saying that repeatedly. <laughs> so to see him go uh was uh harsh and to see him go for the third rounder um I was kind of hoping for a second rounder. Um I was joking on the pod last week about first rounders and what have you but I was hoping for a second rounder, I was hoping for a little bit better return. Uh but hey you got the best years out of him, and hey, if you're getting a third rounder from for him at this stage, it's fine. Because the one thing I do know is that if the Rams are in a position where they need to go out and get somebody, they do identify and go out and get that guy. So I don't really have a problem with that. This is just pick acquisition at this point. I think what you will see more of is that that 36 overall pick might get traded to move back a little bit and to acquire more. I also believe that that second, third round pick would also be a prime situation where they will also use that to move back and acquire more picks as well. They need to restock the covers at this point. This it's a uh, it's not barren, but uh, they need to hit on these guys, and they need to hit on a decent clip as well to replenish. So that's that's our cornerback story as well. So we we are not in real good moods when it comes to the squads at this point. <laughs> no, not particularly. I I thought that Ramsey might get traded for more than the third round pick it ended up being. But once it became clear that he wasn't looking to take any sort of pay cut and in fact received more guaranteed money to go to the Dolphins, it it was clear that the compensation was going to be smaller. 
to, to I'm assuming both of us. Well, here's the thing. I honestly, if you if you know anything about Ramsey, he's all he's been all about his cash. So this mm-hmm. did not surprise me at all that he didn't take a shave. Yeah. So yeah, yeah he's all about his cash. So I didn't I didn't think that. So mm-hmm. with that's actually now more with that being said, it actually even makes more sense that the third rounder was the actual compensation because I knew Ramsey was never going to take pay cut. Yeah. All. Yeah, that's that's fair. I I guess I thought I was more looking at it as he might have needed to take a pay cut. Like teams were going to be a little hesitant to take him on at that salary or hypothetically maybe take him on in a situation where the Rams retain some money to just give him a signing bonus right before the trade. I, I was thinking something like that could happen more so than Ramsey would just get rid of money. But I I definitely see what you're saying. The one other thing that that I'll say about Miami now, they have some studs there already, but their mm-hmm. younger guys will benefit with uh, Jalen Ramsey in the building. Yeah. Any corner that came across Ramsey that was a younger guy was marked better by him. Uh, David Long is, is has sung his praises. Uh, other guys as well has have sung his praises about the gifts that he were that he just got dropped on them. So you're getting a as far as a locker room guy. Now the antics on the field and the you know all eyes on me type thing. That comes along with Jalen Ramsey, but as far as locker room in that in that secondary uh, film room, he is going to be instrumental in it, in helping mm-hmm. any young guys that uh, the Miami Dolphins have. So uh, they got a good one. <laughs> yeah, the, that'll likely be pretty helpful for a guy like Noah Igbenogany. He's a first-round pick brought in a few years ago. Has been relatively disappointing to this point in his career. However, he's still 23 years old, so there's room for him to improve. And maybe under the tutelage of a guy like Ramsey, rather than a guy like Byron Jones, will we'll help him out a little more. Um, I That's kind of similar, actually, to... The Steelers situation as well, that's kind of the role I see them bringing Patrick Peterson into and is also why I think the Steelers very clearly telegraphed today that they will be drafting a cornerback in the first round. The good old Steelers. Always making it very, very easy for a, uh, a team that is looking at a particular position to go right in front of them. Mm. to draft Does a guy it? that the Steelers had pretty much earmarked for their, for their draft spot. No, it doesn't happen as often as you think it should because, like, basically all signs have point to, pointed to the last several Steelers picks. You look at Najee Harris, you look at Kenny Pickett. I was ignoring them, but the signs were there. Even guys like Devin Bush. The last time I remember them getting aggressively jumped in front of was the the draft where the Bengals jumped ahead of us 
and drafted William Jackson, who we uh, also cut today. But they drafted William Jackson, who at the time we really wanted, and uh, they knew it. So the the Steelers made it clear. The Bengals knew it. They hopped in front of us. They didn't have a backup plan. They just drafted Artie Burns, and uh, the rest was history. Basically, he was a pretty big disappointment. <laughs> yeah, with the guys that you just named, mm-hmm. so you're talking about Pickett, Najee Harris. Those were, if you think about it, nobody was really looking at those dudes. Like, not, I'm not, listen, Najee Harris is a good running back. Um, not as dynamic as, well, we'll see what the offensive line is this year. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, this is, that was probably where the spot he was going to go. And if he wasn't going to go there, he was probably going to go like four slots later. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like, okay, well, you want to draft a quarterback because nobody was enamored. But like I said, the last couple, the last couple times when it was telegraphed to this point, yeah, you're right. The the, the Willie Jackson thing was a a big deal. So I just hope at this point they they diversify their board. <laughs> I. After today, uh, that's kind of what I was hoping uh, with the addition of Andy Weidel to the draft room. And based on today's moves, it just looks like more of the same. It looks like another short board. And uh, that that's why my tenor for today is overall disappointment. (laughs) Well, San Francisco also made some moves sticking with your Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Um, Hargrave signs a four year deal to go to the San Francisco 49ers. You know how much I hate this. Yeah, man. Because a more physical dominant defensive line got way better with Hargrave's in the middle of this bad boy. Man. Like, between Bosa, Armstead, and Hargrave, you have three dudes on the Niners' defensive line right now who are almost impossible to single-team. And Kinlaw, right? Kinlaw is a really solid player as well, but I think some of the better guards in the league can isolate him. Armstead, Hargrave, Bosa are the type of guys you need to chip. You need to do something. And normally teams can kind of get away with the guarding Armstead and Bosa with only three linemen and not double teaming both, giving one guy kind of double duty. But now with Hargrave on the other side, locked into a one-on-one on in that situation, it's going to be devastating to defenses. This is a huge addition to what last year was one of the best defenses in the sport, if not arguably the best, and a team that no one beat the week after because of how bad they beat you up. Now they're just going to beat you up worse. This is Fred Warner approved. Mm -hmm. This deal is Fred Warner approved. Absolutely. (laughs) He, he will not have anyone on him. So he'll just be free. Mm-hmm. Free to roam. 
Yeah. And that's all I that's all I ever wanted in my NFC West <laughs> as a Ram fan. It's just Fred Warner free. Just uh, not touch whatsoever. Free to just accelerate and explode. That's exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Now, I don't know how big a loss it is and because he was kind of uh, on his way out, but McGlinchey goes to Denver. Mm-hmm. He signs a big deal. So it was yeah. five years, like 87 mil, but 50 of it is guaranteed. Uh, yeah. But McKivitz for the San Francisco 49ers had already kind of, because of his injury situation, mm-hmm. had already kind of usurped him. So I'm... I'm kind of yeah. going like, okay, we get younger and cheaper. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like, uh, man, the situation the Niners are in, I got to sing John Lynch's praises for a, a little bit. We've talked about how they've collected compensatory draft picks through the minority hiring program, bringing in several minority people in high positions and giving them autonomy to make decisions and showing how great they are. And then they go and get hired in other organizations. That's excellent. Today, despite signing Javon Hargrave, the Niners are going to pick up yet another third round compensatory pick because they lost Mike McGlinchey and they lost Jimmy Garoppolo, who's going to cancel out the Hargrave addition in the compensatory formula. So despite becoming, I think, objectively a better team today, they also are picking up compensatory value. That is some legendary general manager movement by John Lynch. 2024. <laughs> Compensatory pick in that third round, we'll be looking back at the Jimmy Garoppolo to the Las Vegas Raiders to team up with his old buddy, his former quarterback coach and offensive coordinator, now head coach. What do you think of Garoppolo to Vegas? And is this Is this better? Is this better than what they had? I think I have a a hot take here. I'm a big Derek Carr fan, but I actually do believe this is better than what they had. (laughs) Just because you can start with the fit between McDaniels and Garoppolo, which is obviously there. But the contract they got Jimmy on is incredibly friendly. He's making like $22 million a year. That's almost half what Daniel Jones is making. It's also a contract that a lot of it is guaranteed in year one with a little bit guaranteed in year two. So hypothetically, if this goes sour, it's not difficult to pivot out of. I think the Raiders put themselves in a much more flexible situation to kind of figure out what they have on this roster and also put people in place who better understand the system and the group that existed last year. I'm not convinced that this is necessarily some 
home run signing that's going to bring the Raiders to the next level or anything. But I think this was the right move. My thoughts exactly. Two real key critical things to this. You bring somebody in who's definitely going to understand the verbiage that McDaniels is talking. Secondly, it's going to make it easier for everybody else. Because even with a year under their belt, they're still fairly a young team, except in a couple positions. So offensive line, that'll help Garoppolo get them set. And it's just like having another coach on the field. And the other thing with Garoppolo is this, is that I understand that Carr was a a dude in that locker room. People like Garoppolo. Like, really like him in the locker room. Definitely. Especially young guys. And I think with this young team, that's going to resonate incredibly well. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, also well-known for feeding tight ends to have big games, be it Gronkowski or Kittle. So this looks really promising for Darren Waller as well. Um, A guy like Hunter Renfro, I think, looks very analogous to the Julian Edelman slot receiver types that they've had in the past. So having a lot of these weapons that are going to be familiar to Garoppolo, even though he hasn't necessarily played with them before, I think is going to let prove itself to be successful. And do not forget about the really athletic tackles they have. Those mm-hmm. will be monumentally important in the screen game and the bubble screen game that they will employ uh, this year with uh, Garoppolo in that lineup. So we looking for good things from Vegas. They got to be better than last year out of that. Hey, they just mm-hmm. have to be. That defense will be the key. What they can do with their picks and what have you, uh, we'll see what goes down from that point. I don't know. But they, that defense has to get better. They need some dudes on that defense. Let's yeah. see. It's is there another free agent deal that went down that we got to really kind of hit on? I mean, I know Carr went to to New Orleans, so. We, we touched on that a little. Though, okay. I, I can't remember. Um, Juwan Taylor to the Chiefs, I think, is significant. It shows that they're moving on from Orlando Brown. Um, he's currently, I would say, the biggest free agent still available and likely commanding somewhere in the range of $100 million. Um, I think Juwan Taylor is a straight-up better player than Mike McGlinchey, especially like over the last year. He's proven himself to be very good in this sort of role. So the fact that the Chiefs got him for even cheaper than the contract McGlinchey signed, I think looks very good on their behalf. Once again, the Chiefs making another great move. That that front office just has aces all over. Just, I mean, they just do really well. And they know when it's time to move on from a guy. And to be, as as far as the money is concerned, to only pay this dude like 20 mil. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was good. It was a good situation. 
There's a couple other things I want to hit you with, Nico. Uh, we got Daniel Jones on a uh, on a contract for forty million dollars. Mm-hmm. So he's he's locked in. He is. What are we thinking about Daniel Jones getting forty mil? Uh, uh, I can't believe it on some level. On another level, I understand kind of what the Giants were trying to do. I think this contract is as much a message to the locker room that we will pay you if you perform well here. I think contracts like that often get tendered. That being said, uh, I think this has a ton of downside. I Last year was by far Daniel Jones' best year, and it's not as if he was the type of player that was going out there consistently winning them games by himself or anything or making the difference. He's a good quarterback, I, and he functions well in this day-bowl system. He... Can do kind of like a C to C plus job of approximating Josh Allen. So that's definitely the intrigue behind him. I just think this deal has limited upside and a potentially catastrophic downside. Well, when you see that Garoppolo is basically making like 18 mil a year with incentives to get get him to 25, mm-hmm. and then you see Daniel Jones making 40. Yeah, insane. So now here's my question. Daniel Jones is making 40. I understand that we are still waiting on Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Supposedly... We are a lot closer to him, to Aaron Rodgers becoming a Jet. But we still do not have pen to paper. Or do you want to go out with me, hit the yes box, or whatever the kids do nowadays Mm -hmm. to to say they're courting somebody. So anyways, Mm -hmm. um, I got some theories on uh, why Aaron – might actually, I think Aaron might be holding this up. Would you like to hear them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. One, it is a protest to who he thinks the new Batman should be in the next uh, DC comic movie. Fair enough. Not a Robert Pattinson fan. No. Okay. And he feels like if he's going to Gotham, his Batman should be a lot darker. Ah. Yeah. A lot you know more. Yeah. Yeah. Pattinson, I think, does a better Bruce Wayne than he does Batman, for sure. Okay. So these are some of the rumors that are out there. Mm-hmm. The other rumor that is out there is that... <clears throat> He has not received a list of socialites in the New York City area yet to see who's going to be his new uh, fiance. 
Okay. So he's waiting on that as well. Mm. And whatever Starlet that's coming off uh, Pretty Little Liars or White Lotus or whatever other show that might be real popular with the little 20-year-olds. If they're Sydney living in the area Sweeney, as well. Out. Sydney so. Sweeney, watch out. That's That seems to be his type. So, All right. So that also might be holding it up. Okay. There was one other rumor that really caught my eye is that okay. it looks like Aaron Rodgers would like his tackle Bakhtiari to go with him because the main on that guy, the flow of hair just calms Rodgers down mm. while he's in the pocket dissecting the defense. Thoughts on that? I uh, see this this theory seems a little too related to football to truly be something Aaron Rodgers would be concerned with. But ba- based on the the behavior we've seen between him and Bakhtiari in the past, I think it's definitely possible. He needs a beer can crusher. The bromance is strong with those two. Definitely. And they do have similar situations with hair. They sure do. Roger seems to be enamored with his. Bakhtiari seems to just be pretty much Neanderthal and cuts it with a fork. And uh, I think Rogers likes it that way. Another thing that I just thought of, he was asking if he would have full autonomy to go into a Brooklyn police department and have access to a dark room. Mm. They're still working on that. The mayor and all the city officials are working on that. Okay. He needs he needs a place to store his ivermectin. So that makes sense. This is this is true. All right. So man, tell me what's going on, dude. What are we doing? What the what, what, what are we doing right now? I I've got no idea. The the Bakhti, the Bakhtiari thing you threw out there is not not that it's anywhere near reality, but that's like the only last thing that I can possibly logically think necessarily if it's on the Rogers side that maybe he wants someone to go with him be it from Green Bay be it someone in free agency that he's trying to find a way for the Jets to add that player as well or the the thing I think all Jets fans are terrified of is it Woody Johnson being unwilling to part with some level of draft compensation and at this point, I'm kind of leaning in that direction, but I I really hope that's not the case. To our New York fans who just had a heart attack, that you might actually lose out on Rodgers because of your owner. Listen, calm down. Calm down. Brian Gutenkuss wants Rodgers out as much as you want him. This deal will get done. Mm-hmm. Because the hatred between Gutenkuss and Rodgers 
is well documented within me, CQPPN, or earlier renditions of my, <laughs> my thoughts on the Gutenkus Rogers relationship is pretty hilarious. But Rogers has given us so much good content over the years. But this one right here, like holding things up. Because also, I think he's the linchpin to the guy that I want to talk about next. Mm. And I guess another conspiracy theory that I need to throw out there is Lamar Jackson. We got two primetime quarterbacks, Nico, that are holding up the works right now on what our season is going to look like and how we're going to have to somehow – virtually spoon each other when these two these two quarterbacks are in different uniforms yeah i man i don't know necessarily what's going on with this lamar jackson situation i think it's relevant to talk about the deadline for teams to actually start negotiating with him being in two days rather than today but We've seen all these reports of teams that are not in the Lamar Jackson chase at this point. And to me, it it seems like gamesmanship more than anything. It seems like teams are being unwilling to be the first to put that offer out on the table so another team can just come by and beat it and drive up the price. There is talk of collusion That's the word I wanted to get to because that word right there. Mm -hmm. And this podcast will be very, very careful. Alleged collusion. Because who knows who hears this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? So I do want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. You tell me is it hard to get a franchise quarterback, a real difference maker, Nico, in this Damn league? How many, how many we got? I I think we're sitting at five right now. Uh, people can uh, argue yeah, let's, with let's name them. We got we got uh, we got Mahomes, mm-hmm. Burrow. Yes. We got. Are we throwing Herbert in there? I'm not throwing Herbert in there. Okay, we got. Hurts, yes, we do. We got Lamar, we do, and Josh Allen is. Oh, yeah, Josh Allen. Okay, so those are the quarterbacks that Nico thinks hey, if the defense stinks today, or if we turn the ball over a couple times, or our special teams fumbles the ball in, Mm -hmm. in our own territory, and we're behind the eight ball, our QB1 is gonna bring us back. So those names again are Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, and Lamar Jackson. So other franchises, send your hate tweets to at Nico FRPC. And I will say that again. That is at Nico FRPC. And if you would like to send tweets to me, that then I will retweet and send to Nico. That is at frontrunner PC. Yes, sir. But just so you know, I pretty much agree with what you just said. The only other guy that I would throw kind of in there, but he hasn't done it yet, 
is probably Herbert. Yeah. I like I like Lawrence trajectory, mm-hmm. but I want to see it again. You know. Mm-hmm. And you know how I feel about Dak and Kurt. Oh yeah, they're nowhere near this conversation. And you know how I feel about Garoppolo. Oh, the, and he's even further. <laughs> yeah. So these are the guys. Aaron Rodgers, I think, is another one that people might talk yeah. about on the periphery there. I I think he's been no, that no. guy in the past. He can still win you regular season games. Pray to God you don't come up against the Niners in the playoffs or anything like that because there there are certain situations where Aaron Rodgers has not performed to his standard in the playoffs. That's why he's going to the AFC. He's trying to get away from the Niners. <laughs> he better. Yeah. But you might see him in the Super Bowl. Now. <laughs> Maybe at that point he found the starlet in New York. Uh, that will give him the superpowers that he needs to defeat the the mighty 49ers. Mm-hmm. Okay. But here's the thing. So we don't have a lot of those guys. It's very sparse, correct? Incredibly sparse. Why do you let them why do you let one walk and also let one walk at like 25, 26 years of age? I have absolutely no idea what the Ravens are doing. I I'm shocked they didn't pay Lamar two years ago, to be honest, that we got to this point in the first place. This guy has won MVPs for your franchise, and you've hamstrung him the entire time. You've put him with the same offensive coordinator running the same broken schemes that had been solved in his rookie year. And he, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, that's that's all Greg Roman ever did. And they brought in the occasional wide receiver, but they haven't brought in necessarily the greatest ones, as Eric DaCosta said. However, as Rashad Bateman said, they haven't put the receivers in position to be successful either. So it's really difficult to know what's wrong, but it seems like there might be something a little rotten at the core in this organization. Two things I just want to throw out there. One, the man has won an MVP. Two, that man has been to multiple AFC championship games. Multiple. Mm -hmm. All right? You know the guys who can say that, Nico, that are in the league? Uh, not the uh, there's two, only a couple, there's yeah. Two. Lamar or him and uh, sorry, him and Pat. I, I guess Mr. Brady's gone now. Well, no, the other guy too is Burrow. Oh, Burrow, Burrow. So you got those three, 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 those yeah. three guys, yeah, are the only guys that have been to multiple mm-hmm. at this point. So your guy is getting you. Basically to the dance. Yeah. With very little help. Mm-hmm. And you put the tag on him where he could walk. I have a lot of questions that need to be answered. I don't know if Nico can answer those for me. One, I have this question, do they like Lamar Jackson? Do, do the Baltimore Ravens organization, do they 
like him and want him to continue to be their quarterback. If they do, they sure have a hell of a way of showing it because I'm not getting that impression. <laughs> then my question is, what's the what's plan A or plan B? I... <laughs> I've got absolutely no idea at this point. I don't think they're going to be a team that goes into uh, the draft this year with the designs on finding their next quarterback. Their team as a whole, especially defensively, is also too good to bottom out next year for a Caleb Williams-type draft pick. I think their hope has to be that the Lamar team that they eventually end up dealing with has a quarterback that they can then get in return. As I've pointed out, guys like Tua and Mac Jones that they might have some level of interest in, assuming Lamar ends up going to one of those teams. But hypothetically, if it's another situation like Tampa Bay where there's no quarterback in place it's going to be rough sledding for the Ravens at this point mm-hmm. um they they will have the draft equity they get for Lamar so there can be a situation where hypothetically they could trade up but likely whatever team is at first overall is going to be very hesitant to give away a player like Caleb Williams all right, so this is this is my thought. Tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm on the right path, or just tell me that I'm absolutely out of my freaking mind. All right. Mm-hmm. We have long thought that Lamar Jackson wasn't going to play for the Baltimore Ravens. We've been on this for months, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, with that being said, they're next moves are let's build the team mm-hmm. let's let's put all the stuff we need like the defense is good where can we get better at the defense do we have a special pass rusher do we have the subsequent subsequent corners to do what we need to do can we upgrade the weapons for our next quarterback build the team and then allow the quarterback A to either come to you or B, you go get whoever is under Shanahan in San Francisco. And you say, hey, you come and be our offensive coordinator consultant or whatever and build the offense and you can probably get by with Brock Purdy's and the Garoppolo's of the world. Yeah, I think What's your Todd, on that? I think Todd Munkin, the guy they they did bring in this offseason yeah, to be the new offensive coordinator, is a interesting hire at the very least. He's had success in the league before. He's had some less successful times, but I think it's going to result in a different offense that involves more West Coast concepts and more 
of a vertical passing game than what we've seen from them in recent years. Especially, you can look at the offense at Georgia the last two years to see the the kind of idea of what we're looking at. So, I, I think at least on that side, they're currently moving in the right direction. It just feels a little too late to me. <laughs> Well, this saga continues and will obviously stay on it if there is a move with Rodgers and or Lamar. I am sure there will be an emergency podcast for that because when you are talking about two franchise difference makers, at least Rodgers a couple years ago, if we want to throw last year away because of the injury concern mm-hmm. and his lack of his binky Devonte Adams not being there, mm-hmm. we want to throw that away and just kind of say, "Hey, when he had his weapons, he was healthy. He was an MVP candidate. Actually, won it. So, therefore, he's what a year removed from an MVP. Yeah, um, yeah. right. So, I can see two years removed. I think. Yeah. Well, oh no, no, he's one year. He oh. wanted two. He wanted yeah, two years yeah, ago. Right. Yeah, back to back. Yeah, yeah. So I can see why people can talk themselves into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lamar thing is going to be fascinating because once these teams stop uh, BSing uh, the Baltimore Ravens, talking about their lack of interest <laughs> yeah. in a MVP caliber uh, ceiling, and at the at the very least, uh, playoff every year floor guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see where that would be a problem. Taking two draft picks and saying, "Here you go." Yeah, so. I, I think the best, most recent example you can find of my belief that teams are kind of playing cat and mouse and rather than colluding that scary word is the Deshaun Watson situation that just happened. Um, The teams were just about every team said the same thing that no way we'd ever consider going for Deshaun Watson. Um, And then after the trade finally happens, all these reports start coming out of these different offers that existed from all different organizations. Some of the same organizations that are saying they're not going to trade for Lamar today. So that weirdly has me hopeful. It's just weird to say Deshaun Watson and hopeful in the same sentence, but it has me hopeful that this Lamar situation is more of antics and also difficulty with him not having an agent rather than some nefarious collusion situation. You know what I think should happen right now with Lamar Jackson? Mm -hmm. Because we are in the legal tampering period, right? Uh, Not for him. Not for him. A couple days, right? March 15th. 15th. Yeah. Two days from me. My boy don't care about this. So, Buckle up. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleman who has been skirting the rules for a long period of time. He has been a pirate. He has been a a gangster. 
he's been a trailblazer for a long period of time. I mean, he has imposed his will on the NFL. And now he has seen himself and seen his mortality and has decided, I need to go all in. He's talking to him right now. Bill Belichick is talking to Lamar Jackson right now. Talking to the fam. Because this is like what Bill would like to do. He don't want to talk to no agents. He don't want to talk to whoever your emissary is, your publicist. Lamar, what's up? You like to wear sunglasses on the sideline? I can do that. I can do that with you. So if there was anybody who could get it done with the family members, give me old school Bill Belichick to get this deal done. Yeah, I the when you were first talking about uh, someone who's seeing his mortality and Ben uh, moving around behind the scenes a little bit, I was worried we were going to move in the Jerry Jones direction. Oh no, no, no! He's a clown. Yeah, no, he's yeah. a clown. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Shout out to my Dallas fans, the Cowboys fans. Listen, I love you guys. There, your your fan base, along with Buffalo along with Pittsburgh and a couple of others out there are really, really good fan bases. I'm just really sad for you that your owner is Jerry Jones. So I'll leave it at that. I have more on Jerry Jones. He's going to be my new, he's going to be my new Brian Gutenkus, uh Nico this year, just yeah. so you know. So buckle up for a lot of Jerry Jones content. Oh. Just like my guy Tate Frazier has a thing for Coach K. Mm-hmm. Jerry Jones oh. is now my new guy. Oh no, he's my I, new guy that I will find, and I will find many a way, and I will not do it like Stephen A. and just yell and whatever. It will be smart, but it's going to be funny. Uh, so buckle I'm up here for it. Um, but back to what you you said previously about uh, Lamar and Bill. I'd be hesitant to cross the tampering lines right now, specifically as Bill Belichick with the history that's happened with the Patriots organization. And then with the team in your division, the Miami Dolphins, and what they tried to go around and do with Tom Brady, I'd be very cautious, but I, on some level, I think the floodgates are going to open approximately like 30 hours from now. So uh, when something like that happens, I I think me more than most, I see the Patriots in that conversation. Just so happens that Bill has a boat. He's just floating down to Hollywood, Florida. That didn't work for Jeff Ross. Well, hold on, no, no, no. Hold on. It's different for Jeff. No, no. Because I'm just saying, listen, he doesn't have to have Lamar on the boat. He can have parents. <laughs> they can go out fishing, you know, today. They can go out fishing today. Cause that's a that's called a uh that's called a a, a grown person's uh leisure activity. That is not called tampering at all. Uh, I mean and, Bill Bill got 
uh, first round pick taken away from him for some footballs that got deflated by the environment. I do not give two. He do not care, dog. He just uh, don't. He's gonna lose this whole draft. He don't care, man. Point. That dude does not care, bro. Uh, he I, I, I'm so, just telling you, he doesn't care. I'm yeah. if he if it comes out that that's the dude that is pining away from for Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. And then they end up getting him. I will be very interested in the backstory of how that relationship all goes down. Because I'm going to oh. tell you right now, Lamar and Belichick talk on the field prior to every game. Yeah. He's like, you gonna be easy on me, coach? He's like, you know, I can't do that. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> Lamar! I don't know if Lamar is that type of dude. He's just, he's cerebral, and I think their personalities would mesh pretty well, as I, I talked about previously. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how that all flows out. And uh, one quick note on the draft, as it starts to get closer, and now we're starting to see moves being made and uh you know the draft board is becoming more and more clear i think there'll be a couple more moves that we'll see first rounders be moved before the draft uh probably in the next couple of days here but mm. <clears throat> i'm starting to think that somebody is going to end up with a premium defensive stalwart like at six and seven. Yeah, there there's potential. It seems like a deeper class for those types of dudes. It's just unfortunately pretty weak in the middle. There is no safeties, middle linebackers, defensive tackles, really. Well, if you're getting probably the best player in the draft at six, or mm-hmm. at least in top two because the quarterbacks are pushing up. This is working out good for your teams that are, are not necessarily looking for a quarterback. And Detroit. so, I mean, is Detroit not looking for a quarterback? I don't, they, they might. I don't know if they're going for it this year, though. I think they'll, they'll ride another season. Okay, I'm going to ask them here. Yeah. Can our fans and our listeners in Detroit hit us up at FrontrunnerPC, at FrontrunnerPC, or at Nico FRPC and ask me, just let me know, do you not want to be part of the Lamar Jackson festivities? I think they'd be very interested if that came about if he had interest in going to Detroit I think they'd be incredibly interested but I just I more so think the the Lions just aren't in a position to necessarily draft a quarterback this year if something like Lamar comes around or another quarterback moves that they're intrigued by I could I could definitely see them throwing their hat in the ring Oh, yeah, that's the only one that I would want them to go after is Lamar. I wouldn't yeah. want them to touch this draft, this this particular draft class. I wouldn't mm-hmm. want them to wait till next year. Yeah, uh, maybe our guy Hendon Hooker in round two, but uh, otherwise they can stay away. I love Hendon Hooker. 
he is honestly my favorite quarterback in this draft class. Is that crazy? You think he's the best one of the group? No, he's my favorite. Oh, I okay. say he's, no, yeah, I think he's best. I, he's my I favorite. I, I, that's not crazy at all. I mine might be Anthony Richardson because of the the few splash plays here and there, but Hendon Hooker is probably a a close second. You know, like I tell you all the time how much I how much I like think of you, I, I how how much I love your mind and what have you. But every yeah. time you say something like James Harden is awesome and he's <laughs> such a good citizen. Or yeah. you tell me that I really love the few splash plays by Anthony yeah. Richardson. I go like this. For real, Nico. For real. It's the just, eye candy, bro. The eye candy. We going with the eye candy, bro. Well, it's just all traits with Anthony Richardson. And the splash plays that happen are a lot of fun to watch. I that's that's why I kind of trend to mo- more towards the favorite than I think he's necessarily the best. That being said, if I'm near the top of the draft this year and you're asking me to roll a dice on one of these quarterbacks, I'm probably more likely to roll it with Will Levis or Anthony Richardson than uh, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. All right. Well, I hope you have a really good plan for Richardson because he shouldn't touch the field first year. Uh, yeah, probably should not. not. Should not touch the field at all. I I I think that's probably true with more quarterbacks than we realize. Yeah, but with him especially. Yeah, with him especially, and I would get mentors on the ground with him. Like, I would go back and I would go grab your Michael Vicks or whatever resonates with him and say, okay, this is your guy. He is now your guru. He is in your phone. Y'all going to FaceTime. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have, like, little meetings with him, like, every four weeks and all of that. I need to do everything in my power to set this kid up for success with uh because I I I just look at him and go he's raw and we are going to need time a lot of yeah time. yeah definitely he's he's incredibly raw I just with how unpredictable drafting quarterbacks is generally I like to look at the things on the table that are factual about players and he is factually a freak athlete so that makes me more interested in rolling the dice he's definitely i would say fourth of the four guys everyone's talking about in this class in terms of football acumen but everything else he can do i that's the type of guy I just like to go after. Four footwork, can't read the defense, very remedial offensive concepts that he can grasp at this present time. Mm-hmm. Those are all three things. Oh, and he's enamored 
enamored with his arm. Been watching Take On Your Boy, by the way, because you were like talking to me about, oh, this is your guy. And I was mm-hmm. sitting there thinking, let me let me go ahead and put some tape on. Yeah. A lot of throws where he is in love with that cannon. Yeah. That's on sure. his on his right shoulder. Yeah. That's why he needs to sit for a year. Mm. And he will that might be the type of thing you you learn more on the field. I think there's a lot of bad habits that are in his game, though, that need to be removed. And generally, that's best done off the field with a year of observation. So I maybe they can do kind of a similar thing to what the Niners did in year one with Trey Lance, where they brought him in for a few plays here and there and had packages. But I'd, I'd like to see him sit on the bench to start. Me as well. Me as well. My, my only thing with him is this, is that for the, for the people who are really in love with Anthony Richardson, who are following this podcast, here is his, like, floor. Like, he could be like Jameis Winston. 30 oh. interceptions guy. Oh, man. I, like, I think... This dude could be that with yeah, like, athleticism. Think... Like, he can be super athletic, get you 100 yards, get you 250 passing yards, and on that third and six in the fourth quarter when you need him to make a play, he will fall in love with his arm, and he will mm-hmm. go into double, double coverage. And it will get picked off, and you will go, damn, that game was entertaining. He did a lot of great things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we were so close to victory. And it'll be cool the first year. You know when it won't be cool? Start of the third year when he's still doing it. That's yeah, why man. you got to sit him for a year. Mm-hmm. That's just the hope that you can work that kind of stuff out. Um, you mentioned the floor being Jameis Winston. I think on that case, I'm probably even lower. I think the floor is probably straight up not an NFL player. I think well, the floor. The floor. I didn't want to say. I didn't want to say what I actually thought because what yeah. I actually thought, I <sighs> shades of Jamar Russell, man. Well, yeah, shades it, it, of Jamar, but different in one way. Mm-hmm. In one way, Jamar didn't want to work. Yeah. This kid wants to work. And he likes football. He likes Jamar football. Like yeah. But what I'm saying is the the mental part mm-hmm. of the game and the just fascination with his arm, he yeah. loves that thing. Loves it. Mm-hmm. Wow. That... Jamar Russell is actually a perfect example of the the final reason I think I'm currently leaning more towards the traits guys than anything else. I look at a guy like Jamar Russell and drafting him obvious catastrophe for the Raiders. No doubt about that. However, you knew pretty quickly 
with a player like Jamar Russell that it wasn't going to work. I would rather draft a guy like that where it burns out than a guy like hypothetically Daniel Jones, Joe Flacco, though he did win a Super Bowl. The guys who it's year five and you're still not sure. That's a good way to end up in purgatory. But see, that's the problem of the front office at that point, because Mm -hmm. you should know by year three what that guy is. And you can go, okay, let's augment. He's not franchise different maker guy. He's high end game manager guy. And we need to put the stuff around him. Yeah. We need to put the stuff around him. It's true, but it it's often hard because quarterbacks are are difficult evaluation. Like uh, example of your team with Jared Goff. Jared Goff played a lot of successful seasons, ended up getting that big contract that was bigger than what he deserved. But it was a situation that kind of made the Rams feel like they had to pay him the money. And I just, I don't want to end up in a spot where I'm giving $100 million to an Andy Dalton type. I'd rather be in a situation where two years after I make a selection, I can just wash my hands and move forward and know that I'm looking for another quarterback. Okay, now you just said something really hypothetical, but I'm going to hit you with the NFL reality. Mm-hmm. Unless you are Ted Thompson or uh, who doesn't fire their GMs, Gutenkusk or of uh, Green Bay or mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh front office that never gets fired, yeah, uh, Ballard in Indianapolis mm-hmm. seems pretty, and Roseman in Philadelphia, yeah. The yeah, rest yeah. of these guys do not have that type of job security where I can blow out a quarterback after year two. Oh, guess what? We made a mistake on that one. You know what will happen this time? We won't make the same mistake this time. Yeah. That GM doesn't get that second chance. That's, that's true. And as a general manager, I can definitely understand making the decision for job preservation. Um, But just as a fan, as myself, I personally gravitate more towards those style of players now just because I'd rather have those guys on my team be a little bit irregardless of my front office. It also might be telling to you how your front office handles a situation like that it might be a better way to quickly evaluate whether or not you need to make a change in the front office. So I, I'm viewing that, I think a little bit more from a fan's perspective than necessarily a team perspective. No, great. I mean, I'm glad we, that we hammered that down because obviously the things that we want to make sure is like, we're just trying to give a focus of like a front office. And then also as a fan, like we want you guys to enjoy these guys, but we also want to give you clear indication. If you are a fan of a team and this guy ends up on your squad, the best case scenario, as far as what we would think his development would be, that would end up to be 
the most fruitful in the end for your enjoyment. Am I pretty much right on that, Nico? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that's that's a great way of putting it for sure. That's uh, what I'd like to to try and provide people just uh, different perspectives to look introspectively at their own fandom and their own team. And the last thing that we want to leave the folks today with is that we got a black quarterback spotlight. And the guy that I want to give spotlight to today is none other than Bryce Young. Because I was hard on him last week. Mm -hmm. I will continue to be hard on him this week because he is small. But the one thing that you cannot deny, that dude has got it done everywhere he's gone. And the one thing that you cannot teach is his ability to compute what goes on at the pace that he does, his processor in his head is faster than everybody else's in this draft as far as the quarterback. Miles, miles faster. Yeah. He, he's an incredibly talented young man. I I often feel guilty for not having him higher on my quarterback list because if you just observe the talent, it's clear he's far and away the best quarterback in this class. It's just that saying, that Tomlinism that sticks in my head. If you start making exceptions, pretty soon you'll have a team full of exceptions. I, I, he's too slight for me. I was all on board the Russell Wilson of it all, but Russell Wilson was a stocky dude with mammoth hands and arms. Bryce Young just is a slight guy overall. I, he's, he's got all the talent in the world and arm strength. That's honestly shocking out of someone his size. So I, I really support him as a player and I pray he's successful when he gets in the league because he is so fun to watch. I just don't know if that's the guy I would necessarily roll my dice with. If you're a team looking to draft him, your offensive line has to be big physical and those guys have to be loyal like you have to do like a deep dive on your psychological profiles on your offense alignment do they have like a propensity to be like a savior to be like a a protector or whatever you gotta have those guys protecting him because he, every once in a while he's going to get hit. And Definitely. those guys are huge that are going to hit him. So he has to have a really good offensive line if he's mm-hmm. coming into this league. It would also probably behoove you to have a good slot receiver and a good tight end. Yeah. Those things I- should be like their – Day one, he gets there. (laughs) Especially interior offensive line, because the way he plays, he doesn't... A lot of quarterbacks nowadays tend to 
move backwards out of the pocket and tend towards rolling out and creating space in that way. Bryce Young steps up in the pocket like every time. He steps up in the pocket like a six foot four quarterback. You would think this dude was six foot four. He he does. He plays that way, and it's it's beautiful to watch. So that interior offensive line needs to be specifically strong to be able to highlight things like that. And also, it can't be too tall because you got to be worried about him seeing over them on some level. So six seven center, six five guards might not be the right guys to go after necessarily i'd i obviously that wouldn't write someone off my draft board but it's something i'd be looking into if i'm drafting with bryce young in mind he didn't seem to have a problem at alabama and they have a pretty much an nfl offensive line as far as height they they definitely do, but in the NFL, there's a lot more of jumping arms up, that whole yeah. ingestion in the pocket that is just going to be difficult for him. So I think a taller offensive line may, might make it difficult for him to make those quick split-second reads necessarily when defensive linemen are trying to swat the balls. Mm. The one thing I will say is that uh, he has a whip like finish to his uh throwing delivery yeah it's it looks like a pitcher almost the way Mm -hmm. he's able to flex the arm and then get the extension out but he also has different platforms that he can throw it from Mm -hmm. uh from what i'm i've done a little digging that's very true you know but he seems to be able to throw from different platforms He's very, very under control in the pocket. If he gets mm-hmm. a little pressure, it's not like, oh, I'm I'm so scared. No, nope. like, all right. Mm-hmm. He's not flappable in that way. Yeah, he's brave as hell. Um Yeah, yeah, I'm I lost my train of thought there. I wasn't sure the direction I'm going, but Bryce Young is definitely uh, someone who deserves our acknowledgement and someone who we're both looking forward to supporting as soon as he gets into the league. Rooting for the kid, I'm rooting for the science experiment to work. If Mm -hmm. if I had to say of the quarterbacks, I probably I probably have him three. If he's Stroud, no, I got him two. Why am I saying that? Stroud, Young, Levis, Richardson. No, am I am I flip flopping on this? Yeah, I am flip flopping. It'll be Stroud, Levis, Young, then Richardson. Okay. And the only reason for Young is the height and the and the slender build. That's it. Mm-hmm. Because everything else screams to me franchise quarterback. Everything. Yep. So I just wish the kid well. I know he's going to get drafted high. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to experience what this is going to look like, what kind of offense is going to be deployed with him in it. And uh, you're right. The interior offensive line, as long as he's in the league, 
and whatever franchise does uh, take the gamble, they will always have to invest in the mm-hmm. interior offensive line. It is an yeah. absolute must. You cannot short that situation ever, not one year. And you also have to have good backups in that. Definitely. The uh, year the Saints won the Super Bowl with Drew Brees, the, the comparable height size guy, they had arguably the best offensive line in the sport, especially on the interior. So it's something that we've seen happen before, and I think it's going to be very relevant to Bryce. All right. Is there anything else that we need to hit today, Nico? We know we don't have any news on Rodgers. We can't have any news on Lamar Jackson. Is there anybody that you're just enamored with the name and where they're going to go that is still out there? Ooh, no one, no one's still out there necessarily who immediately comes to mind. Orlando Brown, perhaps he's he's probably the big name that we're going to need to see switch locations. I'm really interested to see what kind of teams will, will want to bring him in. Um, if there there might be a chance that he could look into the Lamar team as well because I know they get along well. Um, and apparently the Chiefs haven't waved off the idea of bringing him back. So I guess we're going to have to wait and see with that one. It seems a little weird after the Juwan Taylor edition today. Um, however, one guy we haven't touched on who did actually sign today and I think is relevant uh, is Jesse Bates signing in Atlanta. He that's one of the worst secondaries defensive outside of a strong number one corner in AJ Terrell. One of the worst secondaries in the sport. Adding a guy of that caliber, I think, is going to be huge. And the Bengals today losing both safeties, Jesse Bates and uh, Von Bell, is going to make an impact on their team for sure. The one thing with Bates is that uh, he can get deeped a lot, and you can kind of pick on him. Uh, when he can uh, allow his physicality mm-hmm. to just just be organically unfurled onto the football field, it's, it's amazing. Uh, he seems to be in the right place at the right time a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, not to the Mika Fitzpatrick level, mm. but close, close. Yeah, yeah, close to it. They're they're a little a little different. Minka does a little more roaming, and Jesse works a little more downhill generally. But mm-hmm. I I think that they're two of the best safeties in the league, so they're definitely comparable on some level. So ATL, let's shout out our guy. In the ATL, go ahead, shout him out. Go to go oh. our guy out. Uh, shout out to my boy Kez. I I've been talking to him over the last couple of days. He he seems to be doing okay, doing pretty good lately. the The ATLians podcast was the hit on QPPN. I think we can all say we love that show, and uh, I'm I'm happy for my guy Kez getting. Jesse Bates today. I know he wanted it. I'd uh I hope we can have him on the pod here one day soon. Oh yeah, we gotta do something with him. Mr. Andrews, 
you have a open invitation to the pod. And oh, we will yeah. talk nothing but ATL. We could bring him on for the basketball pod. Yeah, we, we could talk about he could do the state of the union of his beloved Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah. Jacob would, also would love to would like to be on that as well. Yeah. You know, so got a lot to pull from, from with that. So mm-hmm. with that being said, for my guy, he is all of these wrapped up into one. All right. So the Canadian bomber, the Canadian shaman. The Canadian Bill Simmons, and with that being said, trust there are deals in the works, folks. Trust mm-hmm. and believe. And for this pot, the Canadian Mike Tomlin, my boy <laughs> Nico Miatello, send us Thanks. off, man. Let them know what we're doing. We got stuff coming up on Friday, I think. I don't know. Let us know. Yeah, we got we we're gonna have a basketball pod coming up on Friday. I don't think we've talked necessarily too much about what's going on, but we're in a spot where we can start doing some playoff previews of some matchups that are uh, seeming to emerge. We can do some more celebrating of the Sacramento Kings as it looks more and more guaranteed that they're securing their first playoff berth in 16 years. And we can touch on that Lakers team of yours and how nice they're looking lately. I think uh, they they might be primed to upset someone in the first round. Yes, sir. And I will be focused in on one thing and one thing only. A clap, fours up all day. UCLA in the tournament. They are <laughs> number two seed in the West. And that's where my attention will be Thursday. Just yeah. let you know, that's where my attention will be leading into the basketball pod on Friday. Definitely makes sense. We're we're going to have to touch on March Madness as well. I put together a bracket today. Have you looked at that yet? Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm analyzing my bracket as, as we speak. I am on top of it. Right now, I'm a little upset with a lit some of the things in my region, which is the West. I'm not mm-hmm. excited about Gonzaga being in my region whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really upset about this whole why can't we have a actual team from the West be a number one seed? <laughs> Just as an FYI, I don't know. Just yeah, asking questions. Yeah, whatever. Through. I guess so. so but <laughs> so when, we move to the, when we move to the Big Ten, this won't be a problem, by the way, just as a yeah. That's true. That's true. We'll get a lot of love there. So, so we, what, we, what did you end up with your final matchup? We'll give people this to, to go off your final, the end of your bracket. Um, I'm still working on it because I'm still, as, even though I'm a homer for UCLA, I am a realist. I got to mm-hmm. see if I can get my guys to the finals, even with the devastating news of Jalen Clark. Shout out to my guy who was all world defensive player of the year in the Pac-12, torn Achilles. We wish him nothing but a speedy recovery. And we don't know if he's going in the draft. We don't know if he's going to go. So we'll have to figure we'll see. it out. 
So yeah. maybe maybe we'll save that. We'll tease that also for the Friday pod. Well, we can maybe reveal our elite eights or something. I will. I will have it ready by then. Yeah. I got a Very lot good. of stuff to go over tonight. A lot of things to comb over tonight to figure oh. it all out. Mm-hmm. So okay. I am uh, looking forward to all of this. And we got to get off because we got some news on uh, John Morant that oh. just came out. So we got to go look at that. Yeah, okay. All right, guys. We will see you on Friday on this feed. And I also believe that somewhere in the mix here will be a live pod coming very soon about my beloved mother. So keep on the lookout for these pods. And go look at the website, too www.frontrunnerpc.com. We got news up there. We got all the latest news. We get stuff aggregated to from ESPN and whatever the case may be. Plus, there's some stuff up there on the site from us, and there'll be more stuff to come. So with that being said, you guys have a good week, and we'll see you on this feed on Friday. <laughs> <laughs>